Hello and welcome to Rise, Pray, Love. This is Casey Baxley. And Kevin Blevins. And tonight we're going to talk about a new commandment. So we're again in 1 John. We're going to be in chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 7. And we're going to go through verse 11. Um, so here we go. It says, Dear friends, I am not writing you a new, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the very beginning. The old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. Yet, it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and a true light is already shining. If anyone claims I'm living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living a, and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Okay, so Kevin, we're old, we're new. We're now, we're then. What the heck? Yeah. So remember, when we're re when you're reading a New Testament letter, it doesn't okay. matter if it's Paul's letter, if it's one of John's letters, if it's Revelation, if it's uh, Romans, if it's one of the Johns, uh, if it's, uh, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, these letters are written, uh, written to a group of people, and we're coming in on half one side of a conversation. Okay. And so uh, not everything is, is as clear as we'd like it to be. And I think sometimes when we listen to someone read these out loud or we read them to, for, to ourselves, it's easy to say, okay, this is God's word and the Holy Spirit is going to interpret for me and, and I'm going to read this and I'm going I'm to listen for the message that he has for me. I think it's much easier and much clearer to understand that message right. that he has for us. If we remember that this was a this is one side of a conversation, and there are clues that we can that we can look at, right? We can see these traces of the conversation and kind of figure out what's going on uh, in that context, mm -hmm. so that we know uh, what's being discussed and what's being taught. Okay. Now we have a chance to understand. Um, things without taking the truths that we're reading out of context and making them something that they were never meant to be. Right. So there's something that I've been reading here recently that I thought was interesting. Um, it was different stories about actually people from different generations. So I think it's interesting how different generations tend to read the Bible differently. Hmm. And one of, one of the things that I've seen is a lot of people talking about how they do that. They sit down and they read this and they said, okay, how does this apply to my life, to me right now? Well, the problem there is, <laughs> it's all about me. And as much as people hate to hear it this day, these days, the Bible's not all about you. The Bible mm. is Jesus's story. Mm. And so if, you're, if you are listening to us and you're sitting down and reading your Bible, and you're trying to only pick out of the Bible what's about you and how you are going to apply it to your life, that's not being in fellowship with God. Well, and, and I, think, I think on a more practical level along that same lines, we have to realize that understanding the context that, of what John is addressing, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we talked last week and the week before 
And I'll mention here that John is addressing these these false teachers. Yeah. Right? And that was the subject of a lot of New Testament letters, right? I mean, these guys uh, like Paul and John couldn't be everywhere all the time, uh, sometimes because they were under arrest. Right. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're sending these letters in their stead. And these letters are usually, uh, or not usually, they are composed of well-thought-out messages. In other words, I think I used to think that John had like a flat surface, like a table or, or something, maybe a standing desk or something, okay. and, and this big feather quill in his hand, <laughs> and he's writing on a big piece of parchment, and he just sits down one day, and this guy is so brilliant and empowered by the Holy Spirit that he just literally sits down in one sitting and writes this entire it. letter, gotcha. right? That's not probably how that worked. What would happen is literally there would be several people that were discussing. He would John would have people there that he's talking to, right? That he's working out these ideas and they would make notes and and literally the tablets that they would make their notes on were like these pieces of wood covered with wax. Yeah. Okay, and so when they would write on them, it would indent the words in there, and and then when they were done with that, and they needed to uh, do something else, they needed other needed that same tablet for other notes. They would heat it up, and the well the wax would melt flat, and they would use it again. Okay, um, the first but, dry erase board. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so these were their notebooks, right? And okay. and so uh, you know parchment. The final paper that the letters would be written on would usually be uh, they would they would be very expensive, okay, and um, they would uh, be written on by a professional scribe, someone who did that for a living, because the paper and the ink and all of the materials were so expensive, you wouldn't risk ruining one by doing it yourself. Yeah. So uh, this person would sit down and write out. From the notes, you know, uh, what you, you know, you might, I, I don't know exactly how this came together, of course, but um, maybe you had tablets sitting around and, and John saying, okay, and now say this, and then now say this. Um, so, so God knew that that's the methods that would be used here. But my point in saying all of that is John knew from conversations, from words that he received from people from the local body, maybe letters that they wrote to him. Right. We know that's the case in some of Paul's letters because he yeah. makes reference to, well, when you wrote me before, I'm, I'm gonna now I'm going to address some of those things, right? Yeah. So anyway, in chapter 1 of 1 John, John starts off by reminding them who Jesus is, right? Yeah. And, and, and he establishes this key idea for the entire letter that the thing that they need to be focused on is their relationship with Jesus, this fellowship that they share with him via the Holy Spirit, and that that fellowship uh, is going to be uh, lived out and worked out in community with other believers, Right, so that their fellowship with one another was was one of the strongest and best and uh, easiest ways for them to commune with God. They were working out their salvation together, right? right? And he talks about things like sin and and how sin um, tangles us up. We all sin, and and those who say that they're without sin are making God out to be a liar, and that there's 
Jesus is the light and he's, there's no darkness in him at all and he's the only righteous one who stands up and literally defends us in our sinfulness so we don't have to be worried about being lost in our sinfulness because Jesus is our advocate. So it's kind of heavy, in your face. Yeah. You know, we're not holding anything back kind of thing. Right. And when you're, when you're discipling somebody... You need those moments. Right. People need to know truth and, and in your face and yes. know. But then he comes back to this new versus old. Yeah. So it says, I'm not writing you a new commandment, rather an old one you've had from the very beginning. Right. So the new part of it is because now we're doing it as a relationship with Jesus, where the old part was doing it as part of the law. Well, I mean, he says, you know, that you love one another, right? And Jesus said the greatest commandment was that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and mm-hmm. that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Right. So the law and the commandments are wrapped, all wrapped up in these two commands, right? These yep. are the most significant thing you can do. Because back then, all the laws, there were hundreds well, there were rules, of them. and then there was the law. Okay. Okay? So the, the, the law of Moses was yeah. the law. Okay. Okay? And then there were the rules and regulations that, that the um, religious leadership added over time to help the people interpret the laws and live them out better. Okay. Uh, so it's like if, um, if, you know, there's a bigger law that we should... Uh, all drive the speed limits that are posted on the freeways, then the religious leaders would come in and say, okay, well, when you're making a right-hand turn, pump your brakes three times (laughs) as you're going around the corner so that you don't pick up too much speed. And then as you get on the uh, on-ramp, don't touch the gas pedal until your back wheels actually get on the on-ramp. And then floor it all the way to the floor until you get on the freeway and then and then pull back until you are at the posted speed. I mean, they would literally come in with all these rules okay. on how to accomplish the law. And man, that was very cumbersome. But, but Jesus uh, brought this command to love one another. And then John says, uh, yes, you know it. It's an old commandment because it was from the law, right? Mm-hmm. But then he says... Um, but, you know, it, it, it's also new uh, because Jesus brought it. And this old commandment to love, it's the same message you heard before, yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. I mean, we saw it over and over and over, the way he talked to uh, the oppressors of the Jews, right? Yeah. The way he interacted. Remember when the uh, the military commander comes to him and says, "Hey, my the servant that I that I love is dying. Uh, can you can you help him?" And Jesus says, "Let's go." And he says, "No, no, no. You don't need to come. I'm a man under authority. I understand how this works. If I give the word to a, a servant and and I say go, he goes. And if I say come, he comes." I said, he said, if you, if you just give the word, he will be healed. And Jesus said, I've not seen faith like this anywhere in Jerusalem. Yeah. So he's interacting with benevolence and grace and love and care with the very enemies of the Israeli people. And yet um, he, he's, he doesn't show any uh, type of um, 
what's the word I'm looking for, Casey? Uh, he's not prejudiced in any way. Yeah, judgmental. No, any of yeah. that, right? He's just letting the love flow from him freely. And that's what that's what uh, what John is saying here to the people is: Look, yes, it was an old commandment, but here's here's something new. When Jesus tells the story of the good Samaritan, it shocked the crowd right. that he said that the Samaritan was the one who stopped and helped the Jewish guy. Yeah, and and it's interesting that it's all talking about fellowship, which we don't. I don't think we talk about a lot these days. <laughs> Um, you know, what true fellowship really is because we're more interested in, are they, is the person that I'm speaking with like me? Do they like what I'm saying? Do they like how I look? Do they like, you know, it's, it's that it's not unconditional love getting to know somebody in a genuine fashion and helping them know the love of Jesus in that same way. Right. Well, I mean, when we look at the technical aspects of the first John, it's easy yeah. to get to the conclusion that you just said, right? But I mean, we grow up in a in a religious expression like the Baptist Church or the Community Church or the Bible Church or some other uh, expression of faith, the Catholic Church or the Episcopal Church, whatever. And we grow up in this expression of faith where fellowship means something pretty specific. Hey, we're going to have a church fellowship, <laughs> right. right? And and, and it Bring. means. It means food, uh, yeah. some of which may be questionable, right? Right. Yeah. Not just saying, but but you know, you're 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 putting definitions around this in our modern context that the Bible is not leveraging. Yeah. The idea that fellowship is is meant to bring to mind here is that we are on this journey together. We are connected. It's like when Jesus said uh, with his illustration of the vine and the branches. Right, that if you abide in me, I abide in you, and we're connected, and you bear fruit. But the branches that don't bear fruit, my father cuts them off, right. and he burns them in a pile. Okay, so <clears throat> excuse me, if we if we abide in Jesus, we can't help but bring light and life to those around us. We're going to bear fruit because that's what His Word in us will do. That's what his presence in us will do for us and for those around us. So the fellowship that we share, I just want to jump back up to um, chapter one for one second. Okay. Now I'm going to, I'm only going to do this if I can find it quickly. <laughs> um, so uh, it's in verse three, it says, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are waiting, we are writing these things so that you may uh, fully share our joy. So he says, your fellowship is with us, right? Uh, meaning we're here with you, we're in, we're in the moment with you, but, but the, the goal of that is for us, meaning everyone, me, us, and you, all together to have fellowship with Jesus and the Father. Right. So this is what he's talking about when he says, um, I'm sorry, I'm scrolling back down to verse <laughs> two, uh, chapter 2 here. Um, he says, yes, this is also, it, it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. And you also are living it for 
because you're in that fellowship, right? For, for you're in that way of living. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of like with the Great Commission. It's as you go. Yes, yes. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I'm living in the light, but hates his fellow believers. See, we're, we're seeing here in verse 9 for the first time, and in just a few minutes we're going to hear these words again. And the reason we know that this is one of the issues that John is addressing with these false teachers is because we see this repetition. Yeah. Uh, so always be on the look for things that repeat. Always be on the look for things that set up a kind of a, a paradigm, like when he talks about the light. Yeah. And then he talks about the dark. Okay, here he's talking about, um, you know, then he talks about fellowship, right? And now he's talking about uh, how the light shines in the darkness through us. Um, so if anyone says, I'm living in the light, but hates his fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves his fellow believer is living in the light. So those two contrasting one another. He's teaching yeah. a, a truth to address what's going on in this, in this local body. Uh, now, we're not told exactly what was being taught, but that's because I believe that John wanted us to focus on how these truths would help us have better fellowship with Jesus, yeah. okay? Uh, he doesn't want to focus on the negative teaching of what's going on. He wants us to focus on the positive teaching of Jesus that will help us avoid falling into the trap yeah. that the, the, the false teacher teaches, right? Yeah. So anyone who who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. So guess what the people who are living in the darkness are causing people to do? <laughs> stumble away from Jesus. Right. They're causing them to stumble. They're, they're teaching something that's causing disunity, that's causing people to Hatred. focus on the wrong things yeah. and, and literally stumble in the dark. But anyone who hates a fellow believer, here it is again in verse 11, uh, is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go. How could they? They're in the dark. Right. Having been blinded by the darkness. So while we don't get to know exactly who or what is being taught that, that is distracting these people and causing people to stumble, yeah. what, we, what we can glean from this, Casey, is is that Jesus taught us to love other people unconditionally. Right. Man, I, I can't think of a better life work for me than to try to learn to love people that I don't like very much right. unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah, that unconditionally part is very, very difficult for a lot of people because we want to... An achievement and comfort and convenience that we've talked about multiple times. It's much easier to have people that are just like you, mm. that you have the same likes and dislikes to be able to fellowship with. Mm. It's much more difficult to love on somebody that you that's not like you. Yeah. So I'm 57. I just turned 57 recently. Right. Um, I'm in a brand new career path. I've been doing what I'm doing now for three years, uh -huh. and I work with people that are at least 10 years younger than me. Right. The oldest people I work with are 10 year, years younger yeah. than me. Yeah. There's one person in the office who is a rising star in our company okay. who is literally 33 years old, um, just full of great ideas, full of energy. 
he's loud, he's creative, he's, he's fun-loving, and uh, he never met a stranger. Okay. Right? And he, sound familiar? I was going to say, that doesn't sound like anybody I know. (laughs) Well, when I wore, uh, when I wore a younger man's clothes, this could have described me in some ways, but I don't know that I was ever as smart as this kid, but, but he for sure, um, pushes all my buttons. And I think it's because in those ways that we would be similar, I, I'm, it's just abrasive to me. Right. And so. For me to find ways to serve this guy, to show care and compassion and encouragement to him, yeah. uh, even though he's like a bull in a china cabinet. Right. I mean, it is just one of the biggest challenges for me personally. Right. And, um, you know, he bursts into rooms, into meetings, because what he has to say is so important that, of course... Uh, everyone would understand why he needed to interrupt. Uh, and, and so, yeah. you know, it's those kinds of moments where yeah. I just, I want to, uh, when he apologizes for interrupting, I want to say, you said you were sorry, but you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's not, the, the strong conviction I have is, is that's not a, a flow of unconditional love. Right. That's not a way for me to now that it doesn't mean that at some point I might not pull him aside and say, Hey dude, look, you want to win friends and influence people. This is probably not the right way to operate. Let's, yeah. let's think about this. But for you a have to show that unconditional love first to fellowship and build that relationship before right. you get the right to right. do so. And he is a believer. Uh, so, you know, we definitely can talk in terms of serving our master Jesus and, yeah. and, and making our king proud of us and what we do and those kinds of things. So I think that that is a definitely, you know, serving King Jesus is, is a common value that we share. So that would give us that fellowship so that I can yeah. uh, make this about the light and right. not make it about, um, Hey, don't be darkness on my parade. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. But again, I mean, that's, it's very different from what the people that Jesus was around, they didn't operate like that. So, th- so much like today, as we are ambassadors, we are walking a different path, treating people differently than they're used to being treated. Um, I can't tell you how many people in my life have been have said things to me like, you don't treat me like other people treat me. You don't say things the way other people say things. You don't do things. Then every one of those times you get the opportunity to say, yeah, because. It's because of my love for Jesus. And then you get to talk about Jesus that you wouldn't have had that opportunity otherwise because had you treated them the same way that everybody else treated them because you're trying to, to stand in with the crowd, you miss opportunities that, Oh, I see what you mean. I, I thought you were referencing something else, but what you were saying is Jesus swam upstream on these things because, yes. you know, he, here's the big deal about what you just said. The big deal is the culture that Jesus and John were teaching into was an honor-shame culture. Right. An honor-shame culture says it doesn't matter what I think of myself. It matters what the group thinks about me. Yeah. And I spend my life proving to the group that I am 
a man of some value. Yeah. Okay? Whether that's through public speaking or it's through the money that my family has or it's through the political influence that I have or other qualities that I can demonstrate in public. Right. Okay? So in an honor-shame community, if I bring honor on my family, then that is in my favor. Yeah. If I bring if I bring honor to myself, like for instance, we teach our kids, hey, go out there and be yourself and do the best you can, and you'll be rewarded for it, right? Okay. In an honor-shame culture, it's go out and uh, do do the best you can for your family. Okay. Don't worry about being yourself. You need to be part of the group. You need to be part of our community, and you need to represent our community well. So that that means if uh, all the men are manly men in our community, then you need to be a manly man. Yeah. And if all the girls are girly girls in our community, then you need to be a girly girl. Yeah. And if you're not those things, you're bringing dishonor on your family and your community. Well, in America, in 2023, uh, we've taken individuality to (laughs) such an extreme that now we are the God of our lives to the point where we can, at random, change ourselves and morph ourselves in ways that we never even thought was possible, Right. right? We can determine for ourselves things like our gender and our sex and and who we love and who we don't love and, and all those things. And God has a specific design for all of that stuff. Yeah. So when I submit myself to the authority of Christ, I'm going against the culture because I'm allowing someone else to determine for me, an individual, who I am, how I'm going to act, and what brings glory and honor into my life. And that is to bring glory and honor to someone else. Right. Okay? Uh, James wrote it like this, you know, that we should think about others as more important than ourselves, but that's not really what I'm talking about when I say bringing glory and honor to someone else. I'm talking about bringing glory and honor to King Jesus. Right. And so this idea of that when we're reading John, 1 John, we have to read it from the perspective that these people who were these false teachers, right, mm-hmm. and John's calling them out by saying things counter to what they taught. Right. And he's calling them out and he's he's um, trying to uh, I I think he's trying to um, practice what he preaches here. He's trying to let the love flow, right? Right. Uh, so he's not saying, "Yeah, and you, Mister Blevins, who is teaching these things, you're le- you're causing other people to stumble." What he's saying is, "Hey, look, if you're saying these kinds of things and doing these kinds of things, then the truth is not in you." Check yourself. Check yourself. Check and check what you're following. Yeah. Check what you're committing yourself to. Yeah. Okay? So these people would have heard these words in this letter uh, very differently than we're hearing them now. Yeah. Right? We hear it and we go, man, that this is how this affects me. Right. They heard it as this is how our group needs to respond. Right. This is how I will move in the community. So that's why it was a very big deal to them to hear that, hey, you know what? We're here to have fellowship with you, but our fellowship is also with the living God. Because they grew up in a culture where uh, the only person who got to be in the presence of God was uh, one person in the temple in the Holy of Holies once a year. Yeah. This was a big big deal. This was turning the world upside down for them. 
And so, you know, we're, we're in a process right now of being sanctified by the one righteous person, Jesus. So our fellowship today um, allows us to focus on the light, which is the righteousness that we see coming into our life as we get to know Jesus, as we follow his teachings. He brings sin to the surface, and we see it for what it is, and we get it out of our life. And the more we do that, the more like Jesus we become, and the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter in our life. And the world is going to tell us that that is bad because all you're doing is casting shame on yourself for just being you. And I'm going to tell you the truth, Casey. If just being me doesn't please Jesus, then I don't want to be me. Right. Absolutely. Now, Jesus died so that I could be me in him. Yeah. So it's not that Jesus doesn't want me. It's that Jesus doesn't want me to simply live according to the appetite of my flesh, the Bible says, right? It it doesn't want me to just live any way I want to because the way I naturally want to is not going to bring glory and honor to him. Yeah, because if you think about it, the times that we've done that in the past... How'd that work out for us? Yeah, I mean, it never never turns out the way... Because we're in different seasons, we're growing in different ways... So those things that I wanted and had to have and just longed for that were in my flesh that were from the past, you know, most of those things I'm going, thank you, Jesus, for not giving them to me now. Well, and how many times did we make a decision, a life-altering choice, Mm -hmm. quickly, and realize after the passing of a little bit of time or a lot of time, doesn't matter, what a huge, huge mistake that was. Yeah, absolutely. And it completely changed the trajectory of our life. But here we are. Yeah. So, as we think about these words in John throughout the rest of this week, we need to remember that the goal of this letter was to help them understand what it meant to have fellowship with other believers, and in that fellowship discover deeper understandings of who God is in our life. And so in this modern context, what we understand is uh, we have a lot of work to do to keep ourselves off the throne. Let Jesus be king of our life. Let him be the Lord and ruler of our life. And allow that to permeate every part of our life so that when I when I walk into the throne room and I hop up on the throne and I say, yeah, but I deserve to be treated with a certain amount of respect at 57, and this 33-year-old kid needs to understand that. Um, no, 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 because I'm a servant. Yeah. And the first will be last, and the last will be first. Yeah. God's kingdom is upside down that way. The world says... Yeah that I need to take charge and, and, and get my due now in this life. Jesus says, put other people first, love them the way that I love them, and I'll, I'll raise you up at, the, at your due time. Peter said it like this, you know, um, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and that he will raise you up in due time. Yeah. And so 
that's what we need to focus on this week is living in the light means not only reading your Bible and praying and, you know, rising, praying and loving. It also means that we are loving the way that Jesus did and in that way spreading his light. Yeah. And doing it unconditionally. Yep. Yeah. Without conditions. So if you want to talk to one of us about anything that you have heard tonight, um, please feel free to contact us. We have two ways. One is risepraylove.com. There's a section there where you can email us. And then also we have a Facebook group called Rise Pray Love. Um, that group, if you join, you will get some encouragement um, throughout the week. And then um, if you have not seen it already, um, we do have some Bible journaling classes um, that have been happening and are going to continue to happen. So you are welcome to get on there and sign up for one of those if you're local. Um, we uh, hope to get that online at some point, but right now we're doing them locally. So I uh, hope you have enjoyed uh, this podcast. Yep. Yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs>